0: This edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we hit the Bay of Plenty, home to some of New Zealand's best-loved beaches. We tuck into Tauranga and the best of Mount Maunganui, taking in the
1: Western Bay and some unmissables out east. We're coasting it in the Bay of Plenty.
0: We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard for a fresh edition. I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. Spectacular to be with you. Always spectacular, Michael. Yes, and we're turning the spotlight on the splendid Bay of Plenty. Let's start in Tauranga. How was the vibe? It's, uh, you know, The Vibe. The Vibe? The Vibe at Mount Monganui. The Vibe was good, Andrew. (laughs) It's impossible not to be seduced
1: by this very blessed pocket of the bay. Mm. It's like a world unto itself, I reckon. It is. Kind of like a noosa. Of New Zealand. Actually, you're right. You know
0: what I mean? It is.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like its own little bubble where the real estate prices um, are suitably stratospheric. Yes. And I've noticed they're a very fit lot in Mount Maunganui. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. was there uh, for a couple of nights, and I was staying in the hotel looking down at the Mount Hot Pools. There were people doing their aquafit exercises at seven in the morning. I thought, how virtuous, as I grabbed another pillow and enjoyed my lion. <laughs> <laughs> but there were hundreds of people also striking out on that spectacular bass track that lassoes around the dormant volcano wow, and it's easy to see why it's considered New Zealand's most popular walk, because you get so many vantage points, the sheltered waters of Pilot Bay, the ocean opera of the Pacific, it's a stupendous 45-minute stroll when you've had your wee lion.
0: Did you have that little (laughs) 45-minute stroll?
1: Well, actually, I went virtuous, Andrew. You did. I went for a two-hour stroll because I did it as a guided hikoi with Porina McLeod from Moa Adventures.
0: Okay. Now, this is a little local enterprise, right? Yeah. It
1: is. And um, Porina draws deep on her whakapapa connections with the Moana and Fenua, the sea and the land. And uh, she's a very staunch champion for cultural and environmental awareness. And I just gleaned so many illuminating insights on Moa's
0: deep significance to Māori as we skirted around its base. Absolutely. Now, there's a lot of natural springs that are currently being restored on the mountain, which has seen some of the old oak trees removed because of their leaf litter has sort of clogged up the springs, right? Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, just completely swamped them. So we stopped at um, a variety of springs and they all had their traditional purposes, like there was one where it was like the birthing place for wahine back in the day. Uh, There was one where warriors would soothe their battle wounds. um, And uh, there was this fabulous restored spring called Waipa to Kakahu, which is greatly revered by the local Maori because that was where they used to soak materials like flax to make their clothing and rope and so forth.
0: Okay, and the evidence of trenches and ancient chalmiddins is a ready reminder that the mountain was once adorned by a Māori pa site.
1: Yeah, very, very big pa. Um, So you'll see... Uh, some vestiges of that around the base track. And I do love those ancient Pahutakawa trees. Oh, yeah. And they've got those tentacular root systems that just sprawl out uh, like tentacles. And they very much support the mount from slope erosion, along with providing some very trusty shade in the summer. I reckon we need to go there in December ah. because that's when, of course, they're in bloom. So you get that crimson blaze oh. right across Moa. Add to that, you've got marine life, those crystal-tipped breakers crashing in from the Pacific. It is a banger of a war.
0: Now, if you fancy a soak in uh, what would be a very rare occurrence in New Zealand, hot ocean water, because let's face it, our oceans are not particularly warm around this country, Uh, you could wind down with a dip at the Mount Hot Pools they are nearly as legendary as moa itself
1: because yeah. those hot pools um, have They're been the salt water right they are Why? yeah and those pools have been operating since the 1960s interestingly unlike other hot pools around new zealand as you say andrew this is salt water ocean water that is geothermically heated 600 meters below ooh moa. so that's pretty cool so um, that is its probably its point of difference the other thing is yeah. Messages massages at the Mount Hot Pools.
0: Now, talk, just salt water. If you've, you're achy or even if you're trying to recover from something, yep. salt water is the thing for you. Definitely. Going, and a lot of people say, oh, go, go and soak in the ocean, but it's too cold. Yeah. So this is a place you need to go to.
1: Definitely. Now, what do Māori call the underground god? Is it Rua Moku? Ah. I think he's the yeah, underground god. Yeah. So he's heating it up.
0: Yeah. Underneath Mowau. Of course. Um. You know I like a massage. I, I know. I know you like a massage. I think I have found A bit of panel beating as you call it. Indeed. Yeah. Pressing, prodding, pounding. Yeah. Yeah. And all a hot, that. And hot rock on your back if you can get yes. one. Yeah, I do like yeah. a hot rock. I know.
1: Um, I think this could be a candidate for best value massage in New Zealand at the Mount Hot Pulse. Really? Thirty minutes, fifty-five dollars. I thought that was pretty good. Ooh.
0: It's not bad, eh? It's that's actually that's less than a dollar a minute. That's yep. actually really, really good. <laughs> Do you judge by the minute? That's brilliant. <laughs> no, but I, I'm a fair... Right. Move on. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, hold on, Andrew. Yes. I've, I've
1: got to pull you up on your St. Beads maths. Did you say less than a dollar a minute? Yeah. $55 yeah,
0: for, for 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Sorry, less... Yeah, less like than, $2 less a than $2 a minute. $2 a minute.
1: Yeah. Ah, ah. Still good value.
0: Yeah, I'm not. See, that's why I do this and not uh, counting. Yeah. What about the (laughs) historic sites in Tauranga, the Elms Mission Station? This
1: is such a cracker. I reckon this is up there with the Waitangi Treaty House and Grounds because it's nearly as old. The Elms is one of New Zealand's oldest heritage buildings. Uh, Some of the buildings there, like the original library, which is just gorgeous,
0: was built in 1838. 1838. So this was all for that, that, Reverend Brown. Hold on. Yes. That's 2 years before New Zealand was apparently officially yeah. discovered. Yeah. Or, you know, in yeah. 1840. Okay,
1: Indeed. So on. Reverend Brown was the missionary in question, right? Uh this was very much built for him. Nowadays it's like a secret o- oasis, the Alms Mission Station, and it overlooks what was the original shoreline in Tauranga prior to all of the land reclamation. But what I love about it is you've got all that history and this this very tranquil little setting in the heart of Tauranga. One of the things which I found really interesting, I had a guided tour and my guide said to me, Reverend Brown's descendants were hoarders. His family were hoarders. So a lot of the uh, furniture and, and period pieces within the buildings at the Elms are the originals.
0: Really? Because they kept everything. <sighs> so that's really cool. And Reverend Brown, he obviously that's, was – That's always been my excuse for hoarding. Right. Move on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Reverend Brown, by the way, was very deeply torn by the Battle of Gate Par because – on one side, he felt like he had to be loyal to his imperial troops yes. from Britain, yes. but he had, had established such a strong rapport with local
0: Māori so, and it really ripped him apart. So what was so significant about the Gate Par?
1: Well, of course, this was one of the big land wars. The great Māori victory at Gate Par uh, was followed by the Battle of Taranga a month later, which reversed the situation and the British won. But yeah. it's really well worth taking a jaunt to the battle site of Gate Par in Tauranga today. The history is just fascinating because the par itself was designed by Māori as a trap to draw in the British troops.
0: Okay. Now, so as I understand, the British army later used the fortifications of Gate Par uh, as a model for trenching. Yeah. You think they're typical, you know, oh, let's use a Pa, use it for trenching, great. But uh, quite a few scholars believe that Gate Par gave rise to the military tactic of trench warfare, that's where it began yeah. at Gate Par, Yeah, and and they used it in the First World War. Gave the British the upper hand, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's quite an incredible link, isn't it,
1: all coming from Tauranga uh, worldwide. I had the pleasure of meeting a, a local chap, Buddy McIntyre, and he is currently planning to establish a dedicated cultural centre on the Battle of Gate Pass site, yeah. Um which is going to also involve some virtual reality wizardry from (laughs) Sir Ian Taylor. So you can imagine how fabulous that will be. Yes. Um, So all going to plan that should be open in about three or four years in Tauranga.
0: That is fantastic. Okay. Just ahead, no more maths lessons from Andrew. Oh, come on. We love them. uh, Move on. Uh, Just ahead, we delve into the dining scene and explore the mighty beaches of Coastal Bay of Plenty. back with Kiwi Tripsters as we celebrate the Bay of Plenty. Mike and Andrew with you and let's take, uh, take a look at Kai and Tauranga's Treasury of Great Eats. You road tested some great street food in Mount Monganui. Ma- oh my goodness, the dining
1: strip of Maunganui Road is just this parade of temptation. So I had to, you <laughs> know, a- have a wee sample. What about the food? It was pretty good too. <laughs> I went to Master Kong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's all about kick ass Asian street food. Yes. With a bit of handcrafted mixology. Yes. Anyway, the cheeseburger spring rolls. I don't know if you remember this. Yes,
0: I do. The cheeseburger spring rolls.
1: Yes. We introduced them to the beautiful audience of Kiwi Tripsters when we were discussing the Gold
0: Coast. (laughs) Yeah, and they've made their way here.
1: And I tell you what, Master Kong's cheeseburger spring rolls, I think, would give the GCs a run for their money.
0: Oh, lovely. The other
1: very nice dish I had from Master Kong. Yes. Korean (laughs) beef short ribs. Yes.
0: Gangnam style. Sort of gangnam. Yeah. You wouldn't want to say that the wrong way. No. Yeah. Um, On duck fat. Fried rice. Oh, no. Here we go. You found something else to have duck fat with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Your obsession with duck fat strikes again. There is no stopping my duck fat fetish. Apparently
1: not. Guilty, your honour. Yes. Um, If you like your vet manese, I do recommend rice, rice, baby. (laughs) We're still talking about food? <laughs> rice, rice, baby is nice, nice, baby. Rice, uh it'll, rice, baby. <laughs> that'll transport you to the streets of Saigon. Right. Um, I actually thought of you, Andrew. Oh, uh, you did. Because you used to be such a carnivore.
0: I was a carnivore.
1: And I've lost my carnivore friend here. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, go on. I think I'll have to try and corrupt you. But I do have to say. Are <laughs> we still talking about food? <laughs> yes. I do have to say, at rice, rice, baby, they do very good vegan wontons. I oh, thought of you as oh, I. very nice. Gobbled a couple of those. So they were a construction of <laughs> mushroom, tofu, mung bean. Oh my God, this sounds so cliche. Vegan, doesn't it? It does. Tofu and mung bean. But I don't like tofu. Okay. Mm. Agreed. It's crap. Uh, <laughs> carrot, onion, fresh herbs and sweetened sour soy sauce. But they were actually really, really substantial. You know, you felt uh, like yeah, you were yeah. having a meal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, your number one haunt is Roxy's Red Hot Cantina. Oh, so red hot. Holy henna, Roxy um, or the container or, <laughs> ha- or Hannah? Worked, be specific.
1: <laughs> the Monster Nachos are yeah. a local legend, but yes. I resisted yeah. uh, eating too
0: many of those. No, I was going to say, I, I resisted <laughs> eating. No, but I, I resisted eating too many of those. Yes. yes. I just had those as a wee appetiser mm. because I really wanted to
1: tuck into the Bidia tacos. Yeah. Now, these are a white corn tortilla, Stuffed to mm-hmm. the gunnels with bidia beef brisket. We'll come back to bidia in a moment, but we you've will. got your beef brisket, you've got your Colby Jack cheese, as opposed to Colby Jill Cheese. I I mean, I know Colby cheese, I don't know what Jack cheese is, but anyway, that's okay. Uh, you have your onion, you've got your coriander, and it even comes with a bidia dipping broth. Now, nice. Andrew's question is – What is birria? Bidia is a traditional stew made from a combination of chili and pepper-based goat meat ah. with a whole lot of herbs and spices and all things nice is thrown
0: in. As they would say in Spanish – Sabroso. Sabroso. Now, taking the casual grazing (laughs) to an even more chilled-out level, Mm. uh, check out the Dine on a Lime. Dine uh, on the Lime. I love that. It's a Dine on a Lime map, Mm. which ditches together a rolling spree of eats and treats. (laughs) Sounds pretty Scottish. Rolling spree (laughs) of (laughs) eats and treats on the go in Mount Maunganui. Yeah, this is quite a new initiative, but it is um, such an
1: easy way to feel like you are – really getting into the culinary verve of Mount Maunganui. So you can find those Dine on a Lime maps on the Bay of Plenty Tourism website, which we will give you at the end of this episode.
0: Let's roll with Dine on a Lime. So for destination dining, look no further than Fife Lane Kitchen and Bar. Mm. Stylishly appointed, this cutting-edge butcher-style restaurant is what many locals are buzzing about, Michael.
1: It is, although I suspect if I had to corrupt you and return you to your (laughs) carnivore status, this is the place I'd have to take you to. Okay. Because it is all about meat, Uh, carefully selected meats from across New Zealand, plus some select offshore cuts too, if you want a bit of exotica. Hey, some offshore
0: cuts, Michael.
1: (laughs) So that very much anchors the menu. Righto. And they're all cooked to order in their mebrasa oven, which is um, a closed oven charcoal oven that hails from the heart of Spain. So it's, yeah, very much based on top-quality meat, super fresh produce. They've got a curated cocktail and wine
0: menu Ooh. to accentuate the experience. How lovely. Mm. Now, for the menu, I imagine that you headed straight to the meat locker.
1: I did. Yeah, exactly. uh, and you can actually see the prime cuts hanging in this locker. It's So cool, okay. Um, so I plumped for an Angus Eye fillet from Taranaki's pasture fed Greenstone Creek. Um, Ooh. absolutely delicious, and uh, then there's all the add ons, so they've got this selection of sauces and butters
0: oh. that you can add to your. Oh, I do like a good condiment,
1: absolutely. So you've got things like horseradish mousse, oh. uh, or Pinot Joux.
0: Jus. Jus. <laughs> I love that word. I do. We Uh. need to get
1: a jus into every episode just so we can say it. A jus for you. (laughs) Um, I've got truffle creme fraiche. And then, not only that, not only do you have your sauces and your butters on your cut of meat, but then you can have a little complimentary scattering of... Me brassa grilled prawns or scallops or crab. Don't mind if I do. Uh, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, five lane, definitely a headline dining experience.
0: I could imagine a few typical Kiwi blokes heading in and looking at the menu. G'day, mate. I'll have a uh, a Pinot Jew, <laughs> a truffle creme fraiche,
1: and um, and some
0: some of that shallot butter.
1: And uh, could I have a clove of rum steak, uh, cooked medium rare. And a spades. And a spate. <laughs>
0: Another landmark Tauranga experience is to dine at Izakai at the Bayfair Shopping Centre. Now, they've firmly fostered a red-hot reputation amongst foodies for their Maori and Japanese fusion cuisine. Maori and Japanese fusion cuisine Mm. is intriguing in its concept.
1: It's actually quite uncanny how Uh, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. Not only in the cuisine, but in the way you pronounce words. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a huge amount of crossover. Yeah. They've got a variety of share plates. Things like, now this is cool, creamed pawa and prawn dumplings. Yes. It's like, you know, they're just the coming together of two cultures. Horopito crusted lamb ribs, which are adorned in pea and watercress puree with kawakawa jelly. Oh. <laughs> Don't mind if I do, he oh, says. Very nice. Yeah, um, yes. And then kaitai fire Japanese fried chicken with teriyaki. That is a standout culinary experience.
0: That does sound Absolutely fantastic, to be yep. honest. Uh, if you're up for breakfast in the heart of town, there's a brand spanking new addition to downtown Tallranga. Yes, ah. Picnicar.
1: Now they've got this sparkling new high-rise called Elizabeth Towers, which is in the process of being completed. And Picnicar is nestled within this building, kind of viaduct harboresque. Uh, The vibe there. yeah, yeah. Uh, Very swanky and very popular. It's open from breakfast through to dinner. I had the smoked beef hash with poached eggs, mustard greens, and hollandaise. That is my kind of day starter, I've decided.
0: Okay. Hmm. Well, after paying your regards to the Harry McCleary and Friends sculptures around uh, Tauranga's waterfront, you can actually make tracks to uh, another new kid on the block, Nectar.
1: Yes. Now, this is all day... Dining, uh, very, very trendy, this place. Very playful decor. Very much matches the, the menu.
0: Playful? How, how playful is it, uh, Michael? You
1: just walk in there and think, oh, this
0: is a perky kind of place. Oh, you do. Yeah, right. Perky kind of people. Lovely.
1: Yeah. Dishes mm-hmm. uh, come in the form of, well, here's some examples. Korean fried chicken waffles. Hello.
0: Korean fried chicken waffles? Yes. Right.
1: <laughs> Even better?
0: Oh, no. They come with duck hash. Oh,
1: more <laughs> duck. <laughs> oh. Um, and if you want a, a bit of a change up from your eggs, Benny, oh, yes. how about try crab and chorizo
0: Benedict? Crab and chorizo Benedict. Yeah. Okay. Kind of works. Now, for fish and chip fans, mm. tauranga is like a byword for Bobby's fresh fish market. Like a waterfront legend spanning four decades, bumper trade. Yeah. Yeah when you see lines of people queuing for freshly cooked snapper at 10
1: o'clock in the morning, yeah, you know it's got to be good. Yes. And the thing that, that I just love about Bobby's is it is right on the wharf. So you know that the fish is catch of the
0: day. Isn't it funny? Because you've got this fish and fish and chips seem to still hold currency. Like the, the, the fish and chip shop in, where was it? Akaroa. Yep. People used to drive to Akaroa from Christchurch, you know, an hour and a half for yep. fish and chips. Yep. It's a long way to go for fish and chips. Yep.
1: Very much the same in Bluff. Yeah. Uh, not just for the oysters, but fish as well, like blue cod, you know. Um, so good because it is so fresh.
0: I'm not sure I'd drive from Christchurch to Bluff for fish and chips, but I get
1: your point. Um, by the way, Bobby's Fresh Fish Market have branched out in the last year or two into Topuki, so they've got a little branch shop there as well. But
0: the original is a signature Tauranga experience on the waterfront Lovely, stay with us, coming up we're going to head to the Western Bay of Plenty, admiring murals, museums and the community spirit of Waihee Beach Back in a moment. Stay tuned Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break
1: Home to some of our beloved beaches, a rich Māori heritage and swathed by warm ocean waters, the Bay of Plenty is packed with holiday options for every traveller. From the eye candy of Moa to the masterly art of matatua, the Bay of Plenty offers a bucket load of sun, fun and adventure. Make your first port of call at the region's official website, bayofplentynz.com.
0: you back with Trips, Tripsters, Mike and Andrew, as we soak up the sights in Bay of Plenty. Let's head to the northern tip of the bay's sun-drenched coastline, Waihee Beach. Fantastic place. Waihee Beach, everybody absolutely raves about it.
1: It is such an amazing beachside bolt hole. Uh, I like how it's got that salty, carefree spirit. There is that warm clutch of an inclusive village embrace, and it embodies the very best vibes of old-school Kiwi Beach holidays. You just feel like rocking up and ordering up a tip-top ice cream, don't you? You just want hokey-pokey the moment
0: you arrive there. You want Rachel Hunter to pull up in a V-dub With convertible. A trumpet. With a trumpet. Yes, yeah. you do. You do. Um,
1: I love the diversity of its real estate. I, I reckon this says it all about Waihee. It's not just your pretentious, oh-so-preened and perfect <laughs> beachfront trophy homes to impress the neighbours. <laughs> They've got it all. They've yeah. got your rough and ready cosy patches and, yes, your trophy homes. Um, but I think that says... So much about Waihi Beach, catering to such a broad range of income earners. A yeah. very
0: cohesive place. Yeah. A bit of rough and ready is always good. Yeah. Now, strung along a nine-kilometre stretch of white sand and boasting one of New Zealand's safest surf beaches, which is something, uh, the bustling beachside village is absolutely beautifully endowed with boutique shops and eateries. Very, very nice. Mm. Now. What are the headline treats that you sort of, you know, dabbled your way into? From the Parade of Temptation. Oh, indeed. Oh. Indeed. Well, I went Swiss, for oh. starters. Oh, I could imagine you would have, Michael.
1: <laughs> I thought one has to go to the Swiss chocolate shop, Chesmois. Mm. Now, this is under the command of Innocent Adrian, and the... Uh, Delightful parcels of decadence are freshly made in front of you. So
0: delightful the pl- parcels of decadence—that yes. is a lovely turn of phrase, Michael. Thank you so much. Mm.
1: Um, their truffles are made with the single cream from Lewis Road. Lewis Road is fantastic. The best, aren't I, they? they? Yeah. Oh, what I love about all of their artisan chocolates—so many locally sourced New Zealand flavours: chili from Kai Tire, local oranges, lemons, passion fruit, Fajoa, and mint. Plucked straight from the garden. Straight from the garden.
0: <laughs> now, what about the secret garden?
1: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is such a unique garden cafe in the heart of Waihi Beach Village. It's on the main street. It's like a, an oasis. And you will feel transported to Bali because you've got all these lush tropical plants and palms complete with pagoda-style seating. Uh,
0: now, a repeated award winner is the Surf Shack Eatery. Waihi Beach Surf Shack, gotta go there. It has even taken out the gong of New Zealand Cafe of the Year. Did it live up to this?
1: Absolute rock star. Yep. So Charismatic they sticklers for sustainability. While I was chatting to the owner, Joe, Helen Clark was exercising in the neighbouring gym before <laughs> popping in for a lunch reservation. It's that sort of place. Oh, how lovely. Um, and their menu, very eclectic. They span everything from your yeah, belly-busting breakfasts to sublime street food. Their burgers are legendary, and I do love this one. They've got a burger called the Hawaii Surf Burger, <laughs> and... It's a patty topped with double charred pineapple, double bacon and double cheese. One dollar from every burger sold is donated to the local Surf Lifesaving Club.
0: That is very cool. One question, did you say hi to Auntie Hell?
1: Well, I didn't want to upset the exercise regime. No. So I got in behind. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Now, dinner with a view. Definitely make a date with Flat White. This is the pinnacle of of absolute beachfront dining. In fact, the closest contender to Flat White's Beachfront perch. When it comes to dining, Papamoa, ah,
0: which
1: is a fair way away.
0: It's a long way away. Wow. So, relatively. well, to walk. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The epic views are a match for the fair. Um, all sorts of goodies, steamed pork buns, fish tacos. I really enjoyed the akai Moana pizza, Ooh. which was so extravagant. It was just laid heavily with prawns, scallops, mussels, fish, spring onion, dill cream cheese, mozzarella, deep fried capers, I'm sure of no, forgotten some of the ingredients. That's it was my, amazing.
0: That's my kind of pizza. Yeah. Now, I'm sure you felt suitably obliged to burn off the excess from all that noshing. Uh, you um, you could have joined Auntie Hal in the gym, yep. but I don't think you did. Where's good for morning walkies? Well, head for the northern end of Waihi Beach,
1: and um, you will see the entrance onto the Orakawa Bay Walk. It is a cliffhugger. It is splendour galore when it comes to the views. It'll take you about 90 minutes to return, but you are basically weaving your way around a coastal headland Ooh. swathed in giant kawa, kauri, poriri, niko palm trees.
0: Yeah.
1: Your soundtrack is Breaking Rollers and Native bird song. You would have um, enjoyed that. I so loved it. And the really cool thing, all of these kereru, Native uh, Wood Pigeons, Yeah just glaring down at me with imperious complacence and well, they would have disinterest.
0: Well, they would have heard from the rainbow lorikeets and thought, <laughs> ah, it's Yardley. Oh, Let's go down go. and peck
1: Yeah. Mm. But they just sit there totally fearlessly in the yeah. trees. So yeah. cool. If you do like to have a picnic, this is just such a great walk to pack a picnic for. Park yourself up at Orokawa Bay under a sprawling, overhanging
0: Pahutakawa, Life is good. Life is good. Right, coming up, we dip into Katikati and head to the Eastern Bay of Plenty. Stay with us. You're back with Kiwi Tripsters, Mike and Andrew, as we romp around the Bay of Plenty. Oh, I do like a romp. You do indeed. Tracking back towards Tauranga, our avocado capital of Katikati, is one of New Zealand's Perkiest townships. So you like Perky, Michael. I love Perky. You do. And uh, the self-described mural town of New Zealand is unmistakably drenched in colour. Lots of it. So true.
1: Actually, if you want a Perky romp, <laughs> Cutty is the place to go. Is it now? I think so. Hmm. It's main street resembles an open-air art gallery. I love it. So you've just got dozens and dozens of magnificent murals, sculptures and carvings all the way down the main street. It is the wall frescoes that are the stars of the parade, and they pay homage to its past, the local people, and all sorts of historic milestones. There are actually 78 artworks.
0: Is there there like a map? Yes. I'm pretty sure they had a map that told you what they were, who did them.
1: Yep. Great. Next door to the museum, you can actually get the maps there at um, the art centre, Um, but a lot of the shops will have these mural maps as well. But, yeah, just feast your eyes on Kati Kati.
0: Yeah. Now, you mentioned the museum, so, you know, accentuating Kati Kati's arty credentials. This Mm. is the Western Bay Museum. Wherever you go, and now this is that some people go, oh, you know, museums. Museums, check out a local museum when you travel. You will get more sort of context for the place you're in. This is so
1: true. And the Western Bay Museum is housed in the town's old Fire Station. Cool. I love an old fire station. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was waiting to see Flick. Flick never turned up. But anyway, (laughs) uh, Western Bay Museum's mission statement is to be New Zealand's best small museum. They really set the bar high. And they champion all of the strands to the local story, from local Māori to the huge wave of Ulster Irish settlers who arrived in Kati Kati in 1875. And cool we yarn, yeah. I gleaned from the museum, the town's founder was a guy called George Stewart. He originally called it Waterford. Waterford. But yeah. he changed it to Kati Kati because George did not want to pay extra telegram charges by having to add the words New Zealand to avoid confusion with Waterford in Ireland. How
0: very... It's very Scottish, actually. I was just going to say, it's actually very Scottish. (laughs) Yeah. Now, there's a variety of museum experiences from the 1900s school experience to the step-back-in-time experience, complete with, and this is very Kiwi, scones, cup of tea in antique China with volunteer guides dressed in period costume.
1: It's really popular. Oh, yeah! So that's one of the offerings they have at the museum. What were the
0: scones like? Very good. Love a good scone. Oh
1: yes, yeah. Um, to Papa, the National Museum, they yes. actually provide huge support to Western, May, uh, Western Bay Museum because To Papa is so impressed by the consistently exceptional quality of the exhibitions. A lot of them are self-created.
0: That is big cred.
1: Yeah. A good example is what's on display at the moment, the stirring exhibition called Service and Sacrifice. So what Western Bay Museum have done is they've decided to salute all of the heroic uh, services and deeds of New Zealand women in wartime.
0: And there were a lot
1: of them. So many amazing stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, And they have profiled um, some of these trailblazing New Zealand women that really uh, shone for example, Etty route. Yes. The safe sex field worker in World War 1 and it was through her persistence that the New Zealand army made the issuing of safe sex kits to all
0: soldiers compulsory in, in 1917. 1917. Yeah. yeah. This was work done in 1917, yeah. and we're still getting our head around it now. So that exhibition is on
1: at uh, Western Bay at the moment. It, uh, I think it's on for the next few months. Absolutely superb.
0: Yeah. See, okay, Western Bay, supported by Tapapa. Mm. That tells you how good it is. Yeah. All right, check it out. Now, just out of Kati Kati, there's a great little track that leads you to some of the ancient kauri trees.
1: Yes. Um, just off the main street, head down Hot Springs Road. For a quick burst of forest bathing in the Kaimai Mamaku Conservation Park. The signpost you need to look for is the Tuahu Cody Track. Okay. So you start on that track, and then 20 minutes in, the track darts off the main trail. So follow the, the signposts for this. Follow the dart off. Yes, and it will lead you to a platform, a very extravagant construction of a platform that has been wrapped around some of the largest kaudi trees you will ever see. These specimens are 600 years old. How old? 600. 600 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. So Elizabeth I hadn't even got on the throne, let alone Elizabeth II, (laughs) when these guys started growing. Yeah. They are actually our southernmost growing Cody, Really? Because like most people would probably, what, think Northland, yeah, Auckland?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So these are as south as they go. They're stirring specimens. Absolutely. Now, heading east from Tauranga, what's so striking about Makatu? I think we might
1: have mentioned this a couple yeah, of weeks ago. We did. When we were discussing Rotorua. We did. There is such a deep sense of history in Makatu. Uh, there is this grand memorial stone on the waterfront marking the landing spot of the Te Arawa, Waka. Yes. Yes. Uh, and on that memorial stone, it says the migration occurred in 1340 AD. It was
0: 1340. Mm. Yeah, we thought it was about thirteen something, uh, 1370 or something. Yeah. Yeah, 1340.
1: But interestingly, in wow. Rarotonga, and I'm sure people uh, who have been to Raro will have been to Havana Lagoon, which is just by Murray Beach, there was a sign there, which I checked my photos of, and they say this was the departure point for the first wave of – uh, waka mm. to Aotearoa, and they have it. Uh, they've got the Arawa waka marked as one of the first seven waka, yeah. and they say that they left Rarotonga in 1340. So there you go. They're, um, they're on the same script it's, it's certainly, yeah. <laughs> as Makatu. But there's this really cool marked trail through Makatu Village, which stitches together all sorts of treasures, including two of New Zealand's oldest churches, the one which I was fascinated by is called St. Thomas's. So this was built in the 1860s, right? And when you walk inside, you can still see on the ceiling handprints and footprints of kids. Wow, who would play on the Coldy ceiling boards as they were being oiled before the church was fully constructed
0: kind Of reminds me of back in the 70s and 80s when you'd see the pouring concrete for a footpath and someone would put yes. their handprint or write something yes. in there and yeah. it would be no, yeah. don't look you at me. You like, would have done that, <laughs> I did not do
1: much. You would have ridden your banana bike through it, <laughs> my chopper, <laughs> your chopper, yes, exactly. Yes, uh, so yeah, you no, know, very cool place to go
0: and see Makatu just east of Todonga. It really does. Okay, so. Putting things in perspective, I know I keep banging on about this, but 1840, mm. we we're, you know, at the mark in the sand of the white people coming to New Zealand. 1840, right? Yeah. But the Arawa, Waka, yeah. arrived here in 1340. Yeah. 500 years. Yeah. Before the treaty. Before we even were considering a treaty. 500 mm. years. Mm. It's pretty cool. Uh, doesn't that make you really put things in context. Yeah. Now, tell us about the house that came home in Fakatane.
1: Yes, just one little yarn to finish off our yeah. romp around coastal way of plenty, Matatua. I only have seen Matatua once, but I think this is extraordinary. This is New Zealand's most travelled Māori meeting house, and it was constructed in the 1870s uh, by Natiawa the powers that be at the time thought it would be such a great idea to showcase Matatua (laughs) Meeting House to the world. uh, See how the locals here live.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) 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 You can't see me, but I'm really cringing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they packed it off to exhibitions in Sydney and Melbourne.
1: Mm. They went to the V&A Museum in London. yeah. In Australia, its assembly was completely cocked up.
0: This is me.
1: Where does that bit go, mate? <laughs> I know. They thought it was like an Ikea set. God. And they put it up inside out. <coughs> so the interior walls were mistaken as the exterior walls. So all of those tukutuku panels and all of the intricate carvings inside <sighs> were exposed to the elements, the hot Australian sun, for months. Apparently, they um, got it right in London. The V&A staff sort of knew what they were doing, mm. which is nice. But finally, yeah. after being away from home for 130 years, wow. uh, Matatua returned to Whakatane about a decade ago. It's been fully restored. It looks resplendent. It's now open to admire. And all of the carvings and the legends of Natiawa have been vividly brought to life within the meeting house with a super trippy light show, which really? um, is actually, I think traditionalists would probably think, oh, I don't know if you should be disnifying it. But it is actually quite amazing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a must-see. In Whakatane.
0: In Whakatane. It does remind me of when you bought a barbecue about, 25 years ago. Oh, God, don't say this. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. And you installed it upside down? Yes. Uh, Anyway. But
1: I think I was under your command. I I think you were belting out the
0: instructions. No, I wasn't. I was at home and you rang me and said, I've done the barbecue. (laughs) And I came round and went... Right. Just be grateful I didn't have to assemble (laughs) Matatua. Exactly. I'm sure they are. Right. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to like our Facebook page and our show notes are, as always, available on the website, kiwitripsters.co.nz. Our Bay of Plenty
1: articles can be found on our companion website, fortheloveoftravel.nz.
0: That is for the love of travel.nz. Plus, we would love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service of your choice. Direct, brutal, undiplomatic, unvarnished feedback is always welcome. <laughs> And you can say what you want about Michael, but uh, we, we, we'd we love to catch you again very soon with another episode of Us. I think we're all around the world. We're going on a bit of a global romp. We are going on a bit of a global romp yes. in our next episode, and we're taking in what you may call some cliche holiday things to do, but you may be surprised how easy and how cool they are. Including, Including. our own
1: little tribute to the passing of Queen Elizabeth II and the rise of King Charles III. Third, we're going to look at some royal residences that you can stay in, Andrew. Have yeah. you ever wanted to sleep with the royals? Uh,
0: well, anyway, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Take care now. <laughs> tell And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters.